if you're listening, you know where you are. Buffs and Blindsides back again. The podcast where we cover all things Survivor 44 and have so many criticisms that you question if we even like this show. As always, spoilers ahead for episode 9. Go watch that on CBS or Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's get into it. General thoughts, Evan? Um, general thoughts were that that episode, the first 10 minutes of it were the best Survivor we've gotten in like a hot minute, in my opinion. Um, and then I didn't really care about the rest of it after that. Even though the rest of the episode was still good, like those first 10 minutes, I was just riding that high the whole time. I would say it like... I was just going to say, this is my favorite episode in a while. Like, holistically, I thought it was good. Best I, episode I of the season, I think, so far. I right. I can, understand, I can understand your point of saying, oh, maybe I didn't like the, the challenge or whatever. But yeah, you're right. The beginning was really great. I just thought it was super well balanced. And, and just to be clear, I didn't think the back half of it was bad. I just thought the front half of it was, like, stupidly good. This, the front half is what I've been begging for for a minute, and I finally got, and I was just going to enjoy every second of it. Yeah, it was like a taste of the good life. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I know we talked about this. I can't remember if it was, like, episode three or four, but, like, we talked about this one kind of had an old-school vibe back then. This episode actually had an old-school vibe. Right. Until that, until that freaking live tribal, but... It's fine. I can deal oh, with you just had that. Issues with that? <laughs> but um, uh, I, I don't have issues with it because I think the plan that was going to happen before was the same plan that happened after. I think they might have even gotten the extra vote out of having the live tribal. So I'm not going to like complain about it too much. I did just have to watch it, though. I, I don't like watching this personally. Yeah, and I guess like I'm liking the boot order so far of this season. Like that's what I was people- going to say. The people who are playing this game are still in this game. <laughs> like, I'm a little upset about some of the early ones. Like, yeah, I still wish right. Helen and Claire were here. But, like, the middle boot order, outside of Matt, I also love my boy Matt. Even then, she was probably the first of my favorites that I was okay with going. Right? Like, I, I could have gone for Matt and Franny some more. But, like, eh, Matt himself, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, you come for Jam Jam. <laughs> you come for the king you're going home <laughs> straight facts he's not wrong <laughs> um so i think just getting started in the beginning we get a lot of contact well this is before i probably you get into the part where you enjoyed the most about the episode like the really beginning where we're just getting like the recap of last week a little bit even then so, I, I think they're getting you really enjoyed good that with the recaps like okay just I feel like what they often do now is they do leave a little bit of the strategy unexplained, right? And then they like Yeah. You explain that to exactly. you in the first half of the next episode. And that's what we got with the the Tika vote last time. Cause I know we kind of speculated right. what we thought happened. Jam Jam confirmed that that is in fact exactly what happened. Um I, I just kind of like that style. It's a good way of like getting you back into it without repeating things. You know, it doesn't make you feel like the episode before was incomplete. It gives you something to think about. Like, yeah, th- that worked for me. I agree. I also think like oh, it would be great to have that context like while you're watching the episode <laughs> um, that they didn't have to recap it, but it's nice that we are getting that context anyway. So this week the context is basically like, okay, why didn't we split the vote? Um, we would have made it out okay if Ratu split the vote. Brandon didn't want to do that and he I went th- home. 
I thought we read in Brandon's thing that he did want to do that. Wasn't that in his like exit interview that he did want to, but then they didn't have enough time to was the problem. I mean, that's possible. Like they couldn't get to talk to everyone and then they didn't feel comfortable trying to have that conversation at tribal. Yeah, that's possible. Even then, I don't think it would have worked, but. Based off of what we heard today, someone said that Brandon didn't want to split votes. Okay, then maybe Brandon was just making bullshit up to cover for himself. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean even then, though, like, I don't think splitting votes helps him there because I think then Teak is just like, okay, then we have to show our hand. Like, so really all we do is force Teak to show their hand. But I don't think it would have changed who goes home if they split votes there. What else do we get? Um, Jam Jam kind of talking about being a mastermind a little bit. 007. <laughs> You know, I think in our pregame, we both said that he didn't seem like he'd be a strategic mastermind. I remember echoing that sentiment after episode one. And Cham Cham is here to prove our our asses wrong. Like, to his point, he said it in the episode, anyone who messes with him goes home. And that has been what we have seen. Like, as much as Carolyn feels like the narrator of our season, Jam Jam absolutely feels like the godfather of our season so far. Right. He definitely has that godfather. Like, I don't know... I don't know if I'd call him a strategic mastermind yet, but he—he's definitely like, obviously, forced not, but... forced people to align with him in these I votes. Mean, yeah, I don't think you can get the strategic mastermind think, until you go I think win he's a season kinda... by dominating the strategy. But like, he's played his hand well. I don't think you say he right. hasn't. He might be running his alliance or thinks he's running his alliance with Tika. It feels. I feel like that. I think he kind of thinks that, but I feel like part of why Tika yeah. works is that it truly does, like, it feels like a give-and-take partnership a lot more than... Mm-hmm. I think, like, Ratu, you read their vibe, and it just kind of felt like Brandon was really calling the shots there. Um, and then, like, I guess Soka is more of a meritocracy, too, but kind of feels like Danny's... Danny's at least the loudest of that group. I don't know if he's running it, but... Yeah, I think you're right on that. Like, Jam Jam definitely seems like the loudest voice of the three <laughs> um, yeah. from from what we've seen. But I mean, um, I do think like Carson and Carolyn are probably actually dictating things a little more than he is. But he's just the most vocal. <laughs> yeah. Um, my other point is Jamie. OK, like she was laughing hysterically <laughs> During that I, one confessional, and I was very concerned. <laughs> I feel like there are like six different parts of tonight's episode where we have to ask, was Jamie okay? But uh, yeah, she was. <laughs> so I, many just, facial like, expressions. I wonder if like every time she gets a confessional, I mean, we haven't seen that many from her. Do you feel like every time she gets one, it's like that? And that's why we don't see that many of them is like she's just incomprehensibly laughing over herself talking. Yeah, just Kudos. nervous energy. Um, what else? Heidi finds an idol, or am I going um, too far ahead there? I uh, I just have one thing to say. Kane got a confessional. I think he was like the first one in the morning, maybe yeah. or something first. But Kane got a confessional. It was like kind of long. I was like, all right, he's going home. Kane doesn't get confessionals like this. This is just wrong. <laughs> the vibe was off. Um, like I kind of, I kind of you know thought what the I mean? same like, thing. Yeah, and I'm not saying like it was like a dead giveaway. I knew for sure, but like. Something about how long his confessional was based on how few other ones he's gotten the entire season. And how this one's all about how, like, he's awake now. I'm like, okay, right. so he's going to do something stupid and then go home. And then he did something stupid and went home. So, like, <laughs> I feel like now, or, like, original Survivor, you used to, like, 
the first part of the episode was like just them chilling at camp. They go to the challenge, mm-hmm. they come back, and then you'd pretty easily be able to tell who's going home from the after tribal conversations. And I feel like New Survivor is flipped, and now like there's a dead giveaway somewhere early in the episode. Because <laughs> I feel like three weeks in a row now, we have been able to say, all right, we felt like it was that person, and we've been right yeah. three weeks in a row. Um, so you just have to yeah. look for the line about like waking up or about overconfidence, and then like it's that person for sure. <laughs> we cracked mm-hmm. the code. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like that that one quote just felt like a dead giveaway where he's just like, okay, it's time to be more strategic. Yeah. Like, yeah, my exactly own game. Same one that caused me to go write that down. Not even joking. Um, um, I also had, as you mentioned, Heidi's idol that she found, which was really great because like we saw Kane aggressively hunting for it. We saw Danny hunting for it. And then like Heidi just like they show her pulling it out of a tree, like without really any buildup, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but winner stock up, so yay, yay for Evans. Yeah, yeah, good news for you. I feel like I needed some good news with her, and I got it this week. Yeah, um, so then after that, we get some more camp life. Oh, uh, this part. This is the part where, where you know, I was just riding my high. Um, <laughs> that little I Spy game. Oh, Jeff's kiss. <laughs> Yeah, and then we see Carolyn kind of talking more about her background with the rest of the tribe, which I really enjoy those moments instead of like maybe just like the talking to camera um, with like some flashbacks. I mean, I think this is a good mix of both where you're kind of hearing it from her perspective and then also like like her one on one perspective and then also like what she's sharing with the group. Um, I thought that was nice. I completely agree. I feel like they do. She must do something really right in confessionals where she somehow makes it like easy for them to edit. Because I do feel like we get a lot more of that from her than really any other person mm-hmm. I can like remember. Like I'm going to keep this recent history because, you know, the editing kind of moves like holistically. But I just feel like we get a lot of sequences of her where it's like her interacting with the tribe as she tells a story to you directly individually, like it's a very nice paradigm that I hope they can expand to more players, even if it isn't maybe quite as natural. Because with her, it does just feel almost scripted. It's so natural the way it all works out. Right, right. It's really well blended together. Um, um, I'm just going to bring up, you know, we, you talked about her narration. I just want to pull out the quote. I didn't write it down word for word, but more or less what she said. We had time to rest today, finally, and we had time to connect with each other. We're not just playing it up right now. We just got to be real. Um, and, you know, again, that was like what I've been craving from Survivor for so long. It's just like letting us see these people as people, how they interact with each other. I feel like a large part of us not seeing that the past couple seasons is maybe why we've had some more surprising winners. Um, mm-hmm. is because you're not seeing the like personal ca- connections they make. And like, we're not in the big moves era anymore. Big moves aren't what win you games. So if we want to explain why these people are winning, I think we need to show more of this connection at camp. And like we got a good insight today when Caroline, excuse me, Carolyn is talking about these things and her experiences. And then we got to hear Franny's take on it and how Franny's really like learning from her and, you know, trying to emulate some things like her. And those insights are what's going to help make sense of it if Caroline, Caroline wins at the end of this. Game. Right. I just think we need more of this. I think like for me, this is my favorite part of Survivor and we just don't get much of it ever. Mm-hmm. It's so I just don't see what's to dislike when we do get it, I guess. Yeah. Do you think that also part of it, too, is like 
maybe it's not so much on the editing side as it is like this is a 26 day game of survivor and we're moving like every day someone's going home where like they're not having much time to have those conversations to begin with it's just like game 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 all the time no i think the editors are giving it to us that's kind of what that that's kind of what that quote made me think of i was just like okay well maybe they're feeling it on the island too and it's not just us being like oh they're only showing us the game like maybe they're Mm -hmm. actually just like this is what it's like here it's it's all game um and i know we've heard we've heard stuff like that in past seasons and like Mm -hmm. but i i believe it much more now when it's like such a fast-paced thing no, I think you're so right. Like that was actually the next thing I was going to bring up. You, the per- beautiful. Um, like <laughs> again, her quote. You know, the we finally had time to connect and rest. Right. Um, I think when we hear the 26 day game, like my visual of it was like, okay, it's like every other day you're doing challenge and then tribal and then challenge and then tribal. Right. But like the last three days, it has been challenge and tribal on the same day for three straight days. Mm-hmm. Like the Josh, Matt, and um, Brandon votes were the three days prior to this. So they right. really probably have not had time to do jack shit that isn't run around and scramble and let Jeff make you his little puppet. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think the editors, it feels like whenever they can give us normal tribe life, they are. I genuinely think this is they don't have time for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Survivors writing that element out of the game, which is beyond stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's pretty unfortunate. So oh. while we're here, I'd also just like to quick bring up the Carolyn's Halloween. Like she just wants to decorate her house for Halloween and like it's going to be creepy, but she's going to love it and just be with her son. Like I was crying. I'm not even joking. I had tears running down my face like. That that quote or that line that she had about her Halloween house was that shit's why I watched Survivor. That is what I want. I don't give a shit about some island that three of you can run off to get lame advantages and then come back. Like <laughs> we watch this show for the people you're casting pretty inarguably the best groups we've had casted in a long time. Let those people shine. Right. Let them shine, right. Jeff, please. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just. W- Survivor is all about the characters, and I think that's the one thing that Jeff is probably missing. And it's like, just the people <laughs> and you're making you make that point. And it's just it's so right, because when we think back to early Survivor, right, we don't like what made the show so good. We don't think back to. Crazy twists, right? Like, I really can't think of that many twists that were that exciting. Like, even when we introduced idols, they weren't good for like the first five seasons. And eventually this became a part of it. So now, like, we're neutral on them. But, like, you think back to early seasons, you think to Richard Hatch, you know, making this gang of four and how ruthless they were in comparison to everyone else. You think of the OG villain in Jerry Manthe, right? Like you think of Boston Rob, mm-hmm. you think of Russell. You don't think of, ooh, we're going to go to Treasure Island or whatever that place is called. I'm blanking on the name right now. But um, <laughs> like, I, I just feel like we're losing why people like this show. Right. And... <laughs> Well, I'm really making good on that on your introduction when you said right. I was about so to say going back to it. I even like it. I do like it. I promise. It's because of moments like Carolyn's Halloween House that I still like it. Like, it's the glimmer of hope that keeps us still watching the show. Right. Um, so 
I guess we get a little bit of camp life after that, which is just foreshadowing for the challenge. Yeah. Um, which is just like Carson talking about how he hasn't eaten in a few days and the food is just garbage for <laughs> eating unripe papaya um, that's been cooked or whatever. And then we head to the challenge. I'm just going to quick interject. When okay. I have a good point, I want to get all the credit for it. When, I, when I'm on the money, you know, give me that praise, heap it on me. I have to eat shit for how wrong I was about something I wrote down. We're in the middle of okay. hearing Carson talk about how he's starving. How I think um, someone chimes in with, yeah, all they've eaten is like these unripe papayas and they'll do anything to try to make them even a little edible. You know what it reminded me of? That's what they always used to do in the episode leading into the auction. They would always talk about how they're just starving, <laughs> how they just need a break. They need anything. They're eating the worst food. They're like borderline like get, approaching subhumanity level of nutrition. And then they hit you with a, they hit you with the auction. And yeah. so I wrote, give me the auction. I can feel it. <laughs> I just feel it. And oh. they opened that stupid little parchment. I had to read about how Jeff's going to, just going to make them negotiate. <laughs> there was a, no negotiation is, uh, so I hate the negotiation. It's so, so stupid. All right. It's yeah. It's not even negotiation anymore. It's just, it's just I need four people. I need four people. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is a negotiation aspect and they could say, I'll give you three. Like, I think, what was it, 41 with like Xander, I think. Mm -hmm. There's some negotiation there, I think. Well, um, I mean, you know the story, right? That originally, like, the original one was supposed to be that they were going to set a number. And then, like, they just had to get to that number. And then 41 negotiated with them on the number, right? And then apparently Jeff, like, got such, you know, got so excited about it that uh they've kept the negotiation theme for future future seasons um okay it's like how that all played out i i don't know man i just i understand like the i understand that bartering and like negotiation like when that happened in pearl islands you know at the start of the season it was all fun um i feel like if we're really doing the whole like castaway thing like ship relics you're on an island you need to survive like why are we negotiating with some random guy for rice then? I, I don't know. Make it make sense. That might be a reach for me, and I'll accept that it is, but I hate the negotiation thing. Yeah, it's just an extra twist that's... Uh, it's theatrics, I guess. I don't know. It. I I never really found it that interesting. Um, Honestly, this was the most interesting iteration, because you had Danny with his whole, let's be the group that doesn't do it. You yeah, know? And right. I, that part was interesting. Like, I do want to see a group not do it sometime. Like, I mean, yeah, if I'm out there, I'm absolutely sitting my ass out for some rice. Like, for oh, 100%. sure. 100%. I agree. But I'd love to see a group who doesn't feel that way. Um, yeah. Or at least, like, back in the day, they would do, like, the individual, like, okay, they got some really nice food, and then you only have the challenge to eat the food. Like, that was entertaining. I like yeah. to watch people just like <laughs> chow down on some burgers, pizza. Yeah, beer, no, that's way more entertaining than the, than the rice. I'd have oh, no yeah. problem with that at all. <laughs> it's not even the rice. It's just like it's the, the negotiation time. Part of the rice. Right. It's the extra time that could be spent just watching someone eating, <laughs> eating yeah. burgers or whatever. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I, lo I love too when it's like the people are struggling, their butts in the challenge, and everyone's cheering them on because they just want more time to chow down on a burger. Right. And they're like, Cool, doo, 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 you know? it's like okay yeah <laughs> they're gorging 
Yeah, well, and also like I I remember like I feel like there are people who are trying to stay in it as long as they could for the people to be able to eat. Yeah, yep, I do remember that too. Um, okay, so getting back to the actual challenge, I let's talk about sit out we... real fast. Okay, what do we think of the group that chose to sit out? Um, like Carson did not surprise me. Lauren did not surprise me. Um, I don't think anyone any of them really surprised me. I Amy mean, sitting out felt absolutely asinine to me. Like, really? And I had the earlier, like, that's when he's going home. This was like, and here's the stupid thing he does that causes him to go home. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Um, I have nothing to back up this point, but I genuinely do feel like it seems like whenever you have, like, a, one of these bigger guys, I'm not saying Kane's, like, good at challenges or anything, just, like, the mold of a bigger guy, whenever one of them is one of the people sitting out a challenge for food or something, it always feels like they go home to me. And I, I don't know if there's anything to back that up at all. I could be like blatantly wrong, but I just feel like I remember that happening before. I um, mean, that seems like a good point. Um, someone who you think would be good in challenges traditionally, someone who might be a threat in challenges, probably a target to go home and they sit out, don't win immunity. That it, makes sense. I'm I would say like, go and dive deep here. How how okay. much of Kane sitting out do we think is a direct result of Tika's decision to split the votes the way they did and make Ratu think that they were still with them? I don't think Kane sits that out if he knows Tika's not with them, right? That's a good point. Like, um, I direct. I I think Tika what they did directly led to Kane's like their strategy and how correctly they played last episode is like the direct result of Kane going home this episode. Tika is put on a freaking masterclass, man. It's so good. <laughs> Sorry. What were you going to say? Before we got into all of this, I don't know. I was, well, I was just going to say I, it makes sense to me because Kane was like feeling a little bit cocky at the beginning of the episode. He was um, kind of cocky all season, I feel like. Uh, yeah, right. Like, Maybe I don't really just, think like, of a time when he weird... wasn't cocky. Sense of security. I don't know. You know, you get knighted by Jeff Probst. It goes to your head fast. <laughs> um, uh, Jamie being back... indecisive about sitting out. That was disgustingly on brand. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to say. I just thought it was funny how on brand it was. Right. Right. And um, then Heidi's classic team player. So that checked out too. For sure. So getting back to the actual challenge. Have we seen this challenge before? I don't feel like we have. Maybe I just haven't watched enough Survivor. I don't think we have. No, I agree. This was a new one. Um, I'm going to have one last thing to, to add real quick. Uh, I texted Tim as I'm watching the episode. I'm like, Jeff has had two quotes that have made me want to like, I don't remember exactly what I said. <laughs> I think it was drag him or something like that. The first one was at the end when they finally got Heidi to sit out. He goes, I never saw that negotiation coming to an end like this. And I swear <laughs> I wanted to pile drive that man into the ocean so deep he could never come back. How right. else did you expect it's... it to end? Like, literally, there's no other way. Like, uh, okay. Sorry, he's I just feel like... so cheesy in the absolute worst way where it's so, like, inauthentic. It's, it's messed up, you know? <laughs> right. I like cheesy, definitely... but... Uh... I feel like we definitely saw that coming. Once you get three people in, like, there's no going back. Like, you really want to be the people who don't, like, negotiate or, like, don't don't sit out? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, Fair point. getting back to the challenge, I thought it was a great challenge. Like, the music, 
was intense. You had the rain, the wind. Kind of a tough physical challenge. Like, I don't know. I thought it was a great endurance challenge where, like, in the past you don't really feel it, feel the intensity, or they did a good job editing it. Or It was well edited, I thought. I, to your point, I liked, you know, even if we're going to do these balanced challenges, like, yeah, just make some new ones. I, it was a new challenge. It worked well mm-hmm. enough. Like, I don't know. I have no, I have no complaints. That's that's pretty good for me. So yeah, no problems with it. Um, right. Yeah. So Franny wins immunity. Queen good for Franny me. wins immunity <laughs> yet again. Franny Bow challenge beast. Bow down to challenge beast. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, that might be not good for threat level, but probably not. We'll see. <laughs> I I gotta say. How, what do you think Danny's mental dialogue was after losing his second challenge in a row to someone that I don't mean to put words in his mouth or anything, someone he probably wasn't too happy to lose to in a row? You know, I don't think he would have been thrilled about losing to Lauren last week. I don't think he's thrilled about losing to Franny this week. I just feel like that man is so pissed. Yeah, probably. I mean, we saw him last week. We saw the clip of him last week walking away from that challenge and like Jam Jam goes up to like high five him and he waves yeah. him off, keeps walking. We've all been there. You know, when you miss the game winning shot, you don't wanna you don't want it the you don't want the good try from coach. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He's still keeping with that alliance. It's not like he's voting trying to vote for any out or something oh no i don't think I mean, that. He, I, I, he just seems like a competitive but, guy to me right right you know what i mean probably in the moment not very happy um, no 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 yeah I, and again i don't want to make it sound like he's turning on these people because of that or anything i'm just sure that like that happening twice in a row where you're losing to someone that maybe you wouldn't expect to lose to probably starts to annoy you a little bit yeah so after the challenge go back to camp um, I think this is one of the better parts. Of, well, maybe not one of the better parts of the episode, but we get to we get to actually see people's motivations behind why they're voting, which ways. <laughs> and and we got to learn buy, like so many of the motivations. It wasn't just like right. two people's. It was we got to kind of hear what everyone it's was like. Saying. Everyone. Yeah, it was you really. Could, well you done. could write it down on a sheet of paper, like make some sort of diagram who's going for who. And it, it was great. And additionally, we got to see some of the formation process of how we got here. I feel like a lot of the times, like, we jump in and the first thing we hear is X person throwing out Y person's name. And this time we kind of got to see some of the background of, like, okay, I think it was, like, Franny and Danny, right? We're, like, back and forth about, you know, which of these two people should we be going for and how do we arrive at who we should be going for. Mm-hmm. That might happen a little later. But, like, we were still seeing the entire process play out instead of kind of getting dropped in the middle of it, I felt like. Right. Maybe it's just because there and was a like less clear person this time. Like maybe the past couple have just been like that's how it's actually gone down. If someone's just like, okay, this is the obvious person, and we didn't have that this time. I don't know, but I liked it. Yeah, and I think it pays off. Like the the payoff of tribal council is even better than where mm-hmm. in the past it's like kind of this engineered chaos. Like this was actual chaos. No one knew who was going to go home or yeah. who was voting which way. It's almost um, like when you give the players time to make plans and like play the game. It's like they do more interesting things. Holy shit. Who saw that one coming? Not me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I wrote too much about like individual people 
and their motivations. I feel like I heard Heidi say something that was kind of dumb. <laughs> um, Heidi says a lot of things that are kind of dumb, but also I maybe feel like it, she's maybe like she was also making it work. Maybe she was the first person to throw Kane's name out, and I like. I think that that does sound right. Getting into it, like I don't think Kane was the right person to vote for tonight. Like, Kane was not a threat. He's not a threat at all. No one really seemed like they liked him that much. He wasn't doing anything interesting in the game. But at the same time, I mean, like, I don't think Jamie's a threat. I guess Lauren. Lauren's probably the one I would have gotten rid of right. in that group of three. If right. I'm targeting a raw two, which I think, you know, presumably Soka was. I think what Heidi probably said was, like, Kane is a smart guy or strategic or something. And I was just like, no, he isn't <laughs> from what we've seen. You know what, Tim? Let me dream that Heidi was masterminding that so they can have the all-girls alliance I predicted before okay. the season. Okay, so let me have this, please. But I agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she was like, Kane's really strategic. I'm like, Kane has not done a single strategic thing this entire <laughs> season. <laughs> Kane has been a meme the entire time. An right. overconfident meme the entire time. Um, Harson was making some good moves. I just wrote I, that down. I, I don't hate know how what strategically it sound that man is. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate that literally, like every time I'm like, okay, this is what I would do. Carson goes and does that thing. I mean, I love that it's working because <laughs> it's my plan too. So it's my thoughts working. But man, that whole Tika tribe, they just they play the game really. Killing well. it. They play Killing the game it. really well. Like, let's call it what it is. They've somehow like completely diminished their own threat levels despite being the people who have driven like four votes in a row like still no one thinks that they know anything like franny's the only person who seems to pick up on it at all Mm -hmm. um but man tika is just on another level killing it like absolutely killing it good for them man good for them another thing that i like just picked up on was like lauren still has her extra vote i thought that was used last week not anymore though. Um, yeah not anymore um and then kind of going back to that tika discussion like mm-hmm. i just found this week it was so interesting they teased it next week i found it so interesting how no one has flipped on their tribal lines yet it's just three 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 pretty much for the most part and the only disagreement has been like, okay, who from the other tribe are we going <laughs> to vote out? No, it has been interesting. I, I'm curious maybe why that is. Uh, I have no clue. I almost wonder, right, there were a couple medevacs. I wonder if medevacs bond you a little bit, right? Because then you're <laughs> not going to tribal council, so you're not getting into like the nitty gritty, we hate each other. Like you're rallying behind losing a, someone. I just, I don't really know how else to explain it outside of just different personalities. But yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just seems like something's different that we're getting these alli- these strong alliances, you know, so far. Yeah, it's it's interesting to note in this season because it's it's moving so fast, like with these twenty six day seasons, that mm-hmm. you would think that the tribal alliances don't mean as much, but it kind of seems like they're coming back in a way. I mean, they're coming back. They're, they're strong this season. Right, just this season. Strong this in season. Maybe not in the past. Right, maybe not like, in the past seasons. But This like, is the exception to the new era rule. Yes. I'm curious what 45 will hold. We'll see. But Yeah, I think maybe in the the past 40 seasons, there was a lot of talk about it, but like it wasn't a true like early survivor, okay, we're sticking with a tribe kind of thing. Yeah, I would um, agree. 
Let's can see. we? I know I briefly mentioned it. Could we go back to Danny and Franny's conversation? Um, I I was I was in a weird spot here because I think Franny was correct in that we can't sleep on Tika, and I feel like we're letting them slide right. a little too easily. Like, how is no one calling out Tika? I feel like Ratu and Soka just like they so aggressively like want the other camp gone that they're not mm-hmm. like considering the game as a whole right now and i think franny's right to not sleep on them but i also think danny was right and that now is not the time to do that <laughs> that's the next week situation but you don't need the swing tribe to feel targeted when you still need their votes mm-hmm. yeah i i think you're right there i mean you only need two tika right is that yeah is that correct math yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i mean that could be a move to make but you know, why risk it? It wasn't the right time. Danny was right. Sometimes you got to maintain status quo. Yeah, and then we kind of get a little bit of discussion between Tika or at least Carolyn and Jam Jam about, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, Kane versus Danny. I, you know, I'm 100% with Carolyn. Should have gone for Danny. I can see I why, like, you'd want to keep him around. Like, he's probably a good shield. Like, less focus on you for at least a week or i don't know why i said a week because it airs weekly um for another day <laughs> yeah maybe make it another tribal because danny's still around but uh, I, I think they're playing with fire with danny though i mean like has kane come close to winning a challenge yet no i mean no. He, knew he wasn't gonna win it. he sat out he knew he wasn't gonna win it um he's also he's come to... really close twice in a row now yeah I, like you're you're Keeping Danny around is playing with fire in a lot of ways. I think, Carolyn, I'm with you that as much as I'm happy that Kane went home instead of Danny, like as a viewer, if I were in the game, I think getting rid of Danny there is the better play. Yeah, again, he's, also someone, <laughs> he's also someone who's making moves and deceiving people in some ways. And, and it's like still well-liked for the most part. Right. And has I his mean, duo here. We don't see much of them which I think is very intentional from the editing. But Danny and Heidi are really close. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone makes right. such a big deal. We got to get rid of Matt and Franny and break those two up. I feel like Danny and Heidi probably aren't quite as close as, you know, those two, because I don't think Danny and Heidi are having sex. But, like, <laughs> um, I think people are losing track of those two. And I think that might be part of their plan is, like, okay, no one really thinks we're going to be aligned, and so we can just kind of do whatever. Um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Anything else before Tribal? I do not have anything else before Tribal. Do you have anything about Tribal, aside from it being a live Tribal? I already I already said everything I had to say about the live <laughs> Tribal. I do, again, I had two Jeff quotes that made me want to punch him in the face. And the first one was bad. The second one might be the worst thing I've ever heard Jeff say. <laughs> um, you know, he goes around, we do this useless tribal little dance. How chaotic was it today? How, how safe do you feel? And then, hey, Kane, you know, let's just hear your perspective. And so all the viewers at home who bitch about me on Reddit can hear it too. Would you want a chaotic season like this one? Or would you want a quiet season where, you know, things just happen around you? And then, you know, I, at least Kane gives him the tease of, you know, Jeff, a quiet season before he says, just kidding, and then gives Jeff the voice line he's looking for. Um, it was just so annoying. It was such a dumb, 
dumb comment to hear. Like, of course, we all want the chaotic season. <laughs> no one wants to be bored out of their minds watching reality TV. That's not the point. But, Jeff, I don't want the chaos to come from a producer who's out of touch, who's designing the game for seven-year-olds. That's a, that's a quote from him, not from me. I didn't make that shit up, right? Like, I want the chaos to come from the fact that you cast a woman who picked her son's tooth out of his shit so that she could give it to him <laughs> to give to the tooth fairy. Like, that's the chaos I want. Not some other random thing that you contrived while you were on an acid trip, you know? Right, right. And then he, I don't know if this is in the same exchange, but this is the, the quote that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Every season is different because the players are different. And this is coming from the perspective of like, okay, Jeff has crafted this game or whatever and all these twists. And the thing that's different every season is how they're going to play it, which we've seen is like people tend to play things the same way over the past few seasons. That's not what's interesting. Binary and easy to figure out how to play right. There's nothing, there's no intrigue to these, right? Like an idol, it took tact and grace. You had to know the knowledge is power. It's just like, all right, time to ask my little question. And like, (laughs) I don't know. It just, I guess that's a bad example. That's the one that's like been getting people voted out. Right. But to your point, these things, these aren't things that require some intense computations to work out how to use. Like, at this point, people have the feel of, like, how these advantages work. Like, if you want to make this show interesting, just let the cast do their thing, man. We are casting good enough people for that now. I, I just can't make sense of it. Right. I think taking that quote in a different context could be very good. Every season's different because the players are different. Oh, I agree like, with that. That's I completely right. at that point. Taking that completely out of context... That's kind of what we were talking about earlier, but he was talking specifically about like advantages and twists and uh, how the game plays out. That's not what's interesting about Survivor in some ways. Um, I just I think back, I mean, we've been making fun of advantages for forever. I think, you know, idols, everyone was, again, okay with. Did you watch Nicaragua, you know, um, 21? I don't think I saw that one. Okay, so let's just let's just recap a little bit our Survivor history lesson for the day. We had our first, you know, twenty seasons. The show initially started out with an alliance being an abhorrent thing that people couldn't imagine. We transitioned. The game's about gameplay and about making moves and about getting the people out that you want. And then we see this huge villain, Russell Hands, comes in and he decimates two seasons in a row. Right? We get him right. in Samoa, and then we get what's widely considered the best season of all time in Heroes versus Villains. And Survivor then felt like it needed a reset. And so Jeff went in and he made Survivor Nicaragua, and they invented this great advantage, or I guess twisted, I don't even know what you want to call it, this thing called, what was it, the Medallion of Power. Ooh, <laughs> ah. The Medallion of Power was so stupid, the actual players just started ignoring it while they were out there. <laughs> That's how dumb it was. And you know what? They corrected. They were like, okay, that was terrible. And then they they didn't do it again. I just feel like now, instead of taking the lesson that they learned of like, okay, we can try things. And if they don't work, drop them. Now, Jeff is just like, it's my show. I get to do whatever I want. I'm just going to keep doing things. It's kind of the attitude I feel like we're getting right now. I finally listened to the pod. The pod is just him defending things. And it's just him like (laughs) choosing the most convenient arguments to defend. Like this week's, it was people talking about the fire making with Jesse. Right, 43. How everyone is upset at fire making because it made Jesse go home. And I'm like, yeah, if you're stupid, you thought that, like, no matter what, Jesse was going home and fire making was his only chance of staying in the game. Yeah, like, no one right. has complained. No one who right. actually knows the game has complained about that. We've complained about Ben getting fire making because fire making is the only reason Ben stayed in the game so that Jeff's hand picked winner could win. Um, like, 
I, I want his podcast to be hosted by an actual fan of the show and not some little executive intern of his who is his little lackey who gets to set him up for the sick Jeff Probst owns that he gets to deliver. I don't know. Okay. There's there's your rant for, for the week. <laughs> my, you know, my, prophecy, my prophecy at the beginning of the episode. So much criticism. You wonder why we still watch the show. We watch um, the show because we like everything but Jeff. I mean, almost all of our criticism is levied at Jeff. I feel like I can't praise the editors enough for the most part. I'm praising the cast. The only person I have a problem with is Jeff. Just saying. Can you 100% like guarantee that the issues that we're no. talking about no, I can't. are coming from Jeff? <laughs> but as he like adamantly defends them and tries to convince me during Tribal Council how great his decisions are, yeah. <laughs> I have a villain even if he's not the actual guy making the decisions. He's, he's given a, a face to my problem. He is my problem. Um, anything interesting to talk about the actual Tribal um, I loved the way they organized the votes in the urn. I was that was a roller coaster, man. They they were pulling those things right. out. We got this stray Jamie vote. Then later on, we got this stray. Was it Danny vote? Danny. Like, whoa! You, you thought you thought that Danny might be going home. Yeah, I did. Like, I saw that first Danny. I was like, oh my gosh, is it him? That was hype. Um, no, it was, it was it was a well organized urn. Very well done. Yep. Yeah. And what Kane else was, is there to say? Kane was so pissed when he got voted out, which again I thought was funny that the cocky guy is, of course, the most pissed one. Um, I feel bad. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's a great guy. He just felt like a joke the whole season to me. I don't know why I yeah. felt that way. He wasn't. But, like, my lasting memory of Kane while just kind of being him being a meme, even though <laughs> he really didn't do that much to be a meme, but it's how it felt the whole time. Yeah, you know. You don't know these people. Right, right. But, you, you know the very small portion. Right, from, from what we've wanna, seen. Again, when I talk about these people, I'm never casting judgments on them in real life. It's just, you know, what was Kane's contribution to Survivor? Kind of just being the guy who was there who I thought said a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> exactly. The character of Kane. Um, just kind of there, but yeah. of the joke. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, literally, his... The lasting thing I will remember about him is him getting knighted by Jeff. And far and away, that'll be the thing I remember most. Um, 100%. I think one other thing about Tribal that didn't really come out during Tribal, but I guess we saw it more in the post scenes, was we heard about it a little bit right before Tribal, is they were scared of knowledge's power, right? Yeah. So they flopped, uh, Ratu flopped all their advantages around. So, <laughs> so dumb. Lauren took her extra vote and gave the extra vote to Jamie. Jamie took her idol and gave it to Kane. I don't think Kane had any advantages. Right, so they did those two swaps. So effectively what happened is they moved an advantage from Lauren to Kane, right, was the one thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Jamie used Lauren's advantage, right? She used the extra right. vote. And then Kane goes home with the idol. Like, are you really protecting against knowledge's power in this situation? Like, I don't know. I feel like this didn't make sense to me. I was curious if you could make sense of it for me. I feel like it made sense. Okay. I'm in just some ways, but like, you know, in the past, well, we know when we're watching that no one has knowledge's power yet. Yeah. So it was kind of weird that they, they're just kind of like, oh, someone might have knowledge's power. Well, like, 
they didn't name a person. We didn't really see like any specific suspicion. It was just like we're just protecting against this. Um, you raise a weird. You raise a great point. Should we unpack this hypothetical real fast? You know, we uh, obviously sure. they know forty one and forty two, right? Knowledge is power did happen both seasons. They don't know forty three, where it did also happen, right? It was in forty three. Um, so. You ha- you're on this show. You knew it happened the last two seasons. You haven't heard a lick about it yet. Are you the kind of person who's like, hmm, okay, I haven't heard anything about it, and no one can keep their mouth shut about advantages anymore. So I just don't think it's out there. Or are you, uh, I haven't heard a lick about it, so someone's got it kind of guy. I feel like you got to play it smart and assume that it's out there. Um... I agree that you need to be but at the same time. It, it needs to be something time. you're thinking about. I don't, but I think if I were a betting man, I'd be like, it's not out there yet. Someone <laughs> would be talking about it, man. Someone would right. be talking about it. But as we're talking about this, I just keep thinking that it sounded so stupid that they're talking <laughs> about it on the show. It's like, oh, this advantage that, like, I don't know. Like, some of these advantages, there's so many of them that it just felt like kind of made up or like something that is only talked about on survivor reddit or like yeah yeah I, I don't i don't know what i'm trying to say here it just felt so stupid <laughs> for them talk talking about it mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know what i was trying to say <laughs> i liked where you were going with it though we brought up reddit and that's always a win for this pod so it's just that there's so many advantages that it's like they're they're paranoid like advantage paranoid <laughs> yeah i think that fair. that was the that was the funny aspect of it i guess we're like actually running pretty low on them now though right i think we've gotten most of them out there i've got oh, everything heidi right everything's flushed except the idol i think it's just the one idol with heidi right right that's pretty sick what an exciting you thing. Know, I mean, they're going to flood us with them some more exactly. next week. I, I mean, the knowledge say. is power, some dumb thing you've never heard of, and something else is coming in, too. So, we'll see. <laughs> Any thoughts on the scenes from next week, Tim? Uh, you know, it's what we've been talking about, or what I've been talking about. It seems like we're finally going to break some of these tribal alliances, and glad to see the chaos that ensues we might see your white dog alliance or whatever you're calling it i was it. getting those vibes i was getting those vibes everyone in i was also alliance. getting the auction vibes so <laughs> you know well everyone that was that posted that picture is it's still, still in the game Every, so yep. and they know. all seem like they're people who are like-minded i think it's a thing i don't know how survivor production's not mad about it but i think it's a thing <laughs> i mean we don't know that they're not mad about it. That's true. I, we talked about this last week. They can't do anything if they are mad about it. So, I I, I think the the preview started with though it's a brand new game, and I just let out an audible sigh. It's <laughs> like, oh no, that could <laughs> the, be a really good thing because to your point, it could just be about like the alliance they're all changing. It's like we're finally feel like merged now, but that's not going to be it. There's going to be some dumb twist. I'm going to hate it. <laughs> the the visuals and like the camera work at the beginning like of that teaser it was mm-hmm. so cinematic it was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's going on here <laughs> yeah no for sure you're, you're absolutely right and there's like some cheesy quote on top of it uh, yeah but i agree um, that the like mixing up all looked good so I, i'm excited this was a good episode i'm excited for next week 
yeah, I mean, two solid weeks in a row. You know, this maybe we're getting than last week. Maybe we're getting. Yeah, right. But like, you know, last week, no crazy advantages. Pretty straightforward. Maybe they're right. figuring it out. I think you. Yeah, last. Yeah, week. it was last week. Was pretty advantage free too. Um. So we're heading in the right direction. Maybe it's going to be like. Maybe we're getting some of that experimentation with like less advantages back to older school survivor. I don't know. And then Jeff's going to sit down with a two year old baby. He's going to hear it crying. He's going to go see the kids don't like this. And then we're going to have at least a four advantage per episode quota starting next season. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One thing that maybe I want to bring up is that like survivor Twitter this past week was kind of interesting. I guess. um, What's her name? Hannah. Oh, Hannah from, Shapiro, yes, from right from Millennials versus Gen X. She she just started watching the season with her boyfriend, who's never watched Survivor ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like her her Twitter has just been his commentary, basically. That's been and funny. it was just like it's it's just been like what what is going on at Tribal? Uh, no clue what what the heck is going on, and that's just like what Survivor is now. It's just. Uh, if someone flipped the channel to CBS, like, I have no clue what's going on. I'm sure maybe there's people that want to check out this podcast but haven't watched Survivor before. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, what's probably... funny, though, is we started these advantages to try to make the game more interesting for the casual viewer who's not like some strategic super fan, right? And we've gotten to the point where we're alienating the casual viewer with them. I think that's kind of funny. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Exactly. Uh, there's not much else to say. I was just saying that that was something interesting that we saw this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I don't know if there's much else. We'll be back next week with another episode of Buffs and Blindsides. Thanks for listening. Peace.